Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Waiting on the Bonus Points, a fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Waiting on the Bonus Points. As per usual, I'm here in the studio with Jack Ball. Hello. He said hello this time. <laughs> he didn't on the blooper reel. And Baron Cross. Good afternoon. And of course, I'm David Monday. And as per usual, we always start with how the most recent week has gone. And we can reveal that... Should do a drum roll. Yeah, we should do a drum roll. Because the general public don't know yet. The, so. the loser of this week's... <laughs> Forfeit is for the first time this season, Thank Mr. You. Baron Cross. Thank you for the first time. Oh, exactly. So yeah, we will just point out it is the first time you've lost, and oh, it's a nice break for you, isn't it? It is a nice break for me because oh. I've done the last two. And so before we go into our highlights, lowlights, and talking points of game week four, we have to reveal what your forfeit is because it does involve how you recount what happened in game week four. Oh. So but also we should we should point out that Baron has no idea what it is. Yeah, he has no idea. I'm totally in the dark. Yeah, he's literally just walked in the office. Me and Jack have had all day to plan this. Oh, so, obviously, Baron is a Newcastle fan, but he's also a keen impressionist. So, because he's a Newcastle <laughs> fan and a keen impressionist, he has to recount everything that happened oh, for his yeah. game week four team in the voice of the one no, and only no, Rafa Benitez. No. Oh. And, but with a slight twist, as much as it's already got a twist <laughs> on it already. Rafa Benitez obviously not doing very well at the moment, a little bit ill. So, rather than... We don't want you to sound like a healthy Rafa Benitez, we want you to sound like... <laughs> A rough one, you know, he's been at the hospital and, you know, wincing a little bit on his stitches. This is professional, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, and remember, we only want facts. Right, well, at the outset, I'll make it clear that <laughs> this is not in any way racist or xenophobic. <laughs> it's clearly a forfeit that's been put upon me. And I will try my best to do a ill yeah. Rafa Benitez. It's a tribute. It's yeah. a tribute. So is it, is it just when I recount my highlights? Yeah, my yeah. Lives? So, so a bit okay. like what we've done previous weeks. We're not savages. We won't make you do it for the whole podcast. Yeah, for the whole podcast. We need to warm up my, my larynx. <laughs> so, you know, treat it like a post-match interview. You're Rafa Benitez. You're in your, you're in your hospital bed. You know, and we come in and we say, that, you know, fantasy team hasn't done very well this week. Uh, Mr. Cross Benitez, can you t- talk us through your, your, your highlights, if there were any? And uh, any negatives, of course, as well. <coughs> <Here> we <go. laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, it's such a good. Uh... <clears throat> I can't start. The pressure. I need, I need to like do some like stock lines to get okay, into so, uh, so, uh, You want to talk about facts? Yeah, there we go. That is a fact. <laughs> this week. <laughs> oh. <dear. laughs> oh I need to think about what the highlights were. Um, I think uh, Romelu Lukaku, he's the captain. He gave me a goal. Uh, he did what I expect, but uh, I wanted two goals. Uh, that is a fact. Harry <laughs> uh, Kane, big, big relief. He, uh, he turned off for the club for, for Spurs at Everton. Uh, he gave me two goals. Uh, he saved my week. Uh, Six points below average. Uh, uh, the rest of the team was, how do you say, uh, in this moment, terrible. Uh, <laughs> Ahmed Hagazi maybe for the chop. 
Uh, you get pulled before uh, the hour mark. You get zero point. Uh, I'm going towards Ranieri now, I think. He's going very Italian. Um, yes, the, uh, the the big, big disappointment was uh, Salah, Mkhitaryan, Ali. Big money, no big point. I think, I think we can call it there. That yeah, was, that that was, was fantastic. Round of that. As you said, it did go a little bit Ranieri, but hey, I, I, did, I was increasingly going to Conte Ranieri. Also, no, no time to prepare. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really, Completely really cold turkey on that. I mean, oh, yeah, that, that, that was fun. That is definitely my favourite forfeit so far because it didn't involve lemon juice. I would just like to say. Yeah, I've got. I think I'll sort of cope with this one better <laughs> long term than you did with the it lemon probably, juice. It might have might have a similar effect on the throat. <laughs> yes. That's the thing. Um, but you have touched on some, uh, just to translate, if you didn't understand what you yeah. said there, the big talking point you've mentioned, obviously, is Harry Kane finally. is finally scoring FBL points. And there is one man who still doesn't have him in their team, Jack. How do you feel about that? Well, not too bad, because I've got two strikers who both got 12 points. Uh, that's them, very true. You've got Jesus still in there. Jesus, so. who got 12. Lukaku got six, but was my captain, so he got uh, 12. I, I remember, I think, I'm pretty sure I said in the first podcast, I would not get Harry Kane to the first week. So I'm going to of September, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that one. But I didn't bring him in. Um, uh, am I going through my highs and lows? Yeah, really? go ahead, yeah, yeah. Jesus was, was my highlight for a second week in a row because he got, you know, two goals. And we've all spoken about how they, they can rotate the team at Manchester City. They've got quite a lot of options. And, you know, when, obviously, when... I thought that was Rafa Benitez had come to uh, <laughs> attack you. So Jesus has got obviously two goals. Um, like I said, when the game starts, you see he's in the team lineup. That's great, but he's come close. I think he scored a goal last week. He's come close on a few occasions, but yeah. to get two goals, uh, it was one of the early, was it the early game again? It was the early game. Yeah. So yeah, it's actually a week off nicely. But again, like like I think four out of the five weeks we've done so far, I've started off well. You start off very downhill, well. Trails down, didn't so. it? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is my highlight. My low light. Again, I think it was probably West Brom doing so poorly because I had a guy in. I brought Foster oh, in yeah. for Joe Hart, who ironically kept a clean sheet for the first time this season <laughs> so against Huddersfield. So, um, so bringing in Foster and taking out Joe Hart was my low light. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. At least I didn't take a point hit for it though. Yeah, so I mean that's, that's the main thing. thing. Yeah, I think none of did any of us take points. I didn't take any. Did no. you take any, Baron? No, I just did no. one. First time in three game weeks I've not taken. Oh points. wow, that really that really is a, a stat. Um, as for myself, I think. Um, we've already touched on Kane and Lukaku. I suppose like Kane was exciting because you know again as we've said like, it's just nice to see him finally scoring. And we've talked about before people like me and Baron we are now set. We feel a lot more set for the coming weeks, don't we? It's really more who don't. than happiness, isn't it? Yeah. Just thank God he scored. And uh, but for for me the highlight I think has to be Ben Davis again. I think he was highlight week one. He's now actually got more FPL points than anyone else so far this season, which is is nice when he's been in your team the whole time. But it's just. You know, the a clean sheet, two assists, and, and it's kind of just, he's now finally in the team for a reason that, that I wanted him to be there. So obviously clean sheets is one thing, but we've, we've talked a lot about Spurs playing their fullbacks high. And in watching the high, highlights of Spurs' game at Everton, he was basically a left winger for most of that game. As, and Trippier obviously was a right winger as well. So it just goes to show, you know, two assists for, for a fullback is fantastic. Also, you take great pride in a player when you've had it from the start, not just yes. on the bandwagon. And yeah. you, so. It's great for my value as well, because he's now 5'7". And, you know, if he was to get injured, you know, I've got a little bit extra money. Um, we, I'm interested to see what your low light is, because there could be a few yeah, couple. I think, to be honest, I think my low light's got to be Lucas Fabianski, just simply because it, it looked as if he was literally going to clean up that game, because I was following it on Game Week Live on Fantasy Football Fix, and obviously they put the bonus points on as they go along. And when the clean sheet comes up on the hour mark as well, he was looking at something like 11 points. 
And it was just one of those games where I was listening to it on the radio and like every five minutes was saved by Fabianski, mm. saved by Fabianski, saved by Fabianski. I was, I was watching it. We were watching it as well. He made some fantastic saves and I was thinking this is going to be Dave's week. I know, exactly. And then obviously, you know, Lascelles comes up and, and scores that goal. And, and it, to be honest, it sounds like Newcastle probably deserved the win in the end, but it's just so frustrating when you get that deep into a match. We've always talked before about it's, it's the worst feeling is when you feel like it's going to happen because mm. West Brom did it the week before. And um, you know Tottenham did it the week before that, of course, with um, with Chris Wood scoring for Burnley. So that's probably my low line. But um, it should be pointed out that Baron, obviously, as, as we've said, you're a Newcastle fan. Oh, you yeah. were watching it in the office. Pop, I thought it was my highlight. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was my only highlight of the weekend. Yeah, I, I've got one friend who has the cell on his bench. On his bench, so he's not very happy at all. But you know, the, the, the problem is, you just I got Clark on my bench because I wouldn't have actually backed yeah, Newcastle. Rob Elliott on my bench. As yeah, well. I wouldn't have backed any. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have backed a Newcastle clean sheet in that. So you know, fair play to them for. For surprising a lot of people, and actually a lot of people obviously are now thinking about them going forward because you know again they've got some nice fixtures coming up, and I suppose Baron as a Newcastle fan just from a it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just so ref- I mean for the last few years with how when Newcastle have happened in the Premier League they've been terrible, and then obviously they had a year in the Championship. In the last few years, my only excitement's really come from FPL, <laughs> so it's actually nice to sort of almost have a proper team to support again <laughs> and actually have some success. So. Um, it does take a little bit of the age of fantasy football for me, so it's nice to see if my team's doing well, I can sort of live with doing badly in FPL. So, yeah, I mean, who knows where it'll go. I mean, it could be two wins in a row and then you know eight losses on the bounce. You never really know, <laughs> do you? But um, the fact we won without Rafa is, is incredible. Really couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's definitely quite good for a team because obviously when you when you don't have that manager there, it's just a different Yeah, I'd have taken a point in any away game yeah. this season, but especially you know, at a resurgent Swansea, so to go and get three points, I mean, that stands us in very good stead. And they were in such good spirits, weren't they, after the two signings they made yeah. Bonnie and Sanchez, yeah. so it was no mean feat to claim a victory there. And ironically, in FPL terms, Swansea went from this team that everybody started to look at, you know, Abraham got his goal, they had Sanchez coming in, Kyle Norton's providing some attacking returns from a right-wing back berth, Fabianski's got a good run of fixtures now and he's renowned for being a good FPL asset and after one result everybody's suddenly thinking nobody's created fewer chances than Swansea and yeah. you start thinking maybe maybe they're not such the asset that we hope they'd be it's a craziness of fantasy football though because I feel like people will be doing that with Huddersfield this week yes. they've been good yeah. Panicking, yeah. sheets and all of a sudden they're not the team they want you mm. to be so you, so many people base things on one week don't yeah. They? yeah well I mean speaking of basing things on one week obviously Steve Mooney again just at the start of Sunday, I was looking at it and I was, I was obviously third out of us three and I was looking at Sunday thinking, right, I need Atsu and Abraham to do something. But I also saw you both had Mounier, so that was one I was really hoping wasn't going to happen. It didn't really matter, but he's got to be somebody you guys are oh, possibly yeah. considering. I to think so, out. yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where we thought we were jumping on an early bandwagon yeah. because you just looked at his stats in that game. Every shot he had was on, was on target, you know, uh, something like 60%. Past completion or something, which is you know not too bad. But also, but... again, having watched that that game where he scored the two goals, it wasn't just that he managed to score two goals. He was no. looking so lively that yeah. it was worth that cheap punt. Yes, uh, I think unfortunately we we have now realised that the reason he looked so good in that game is not necessarily because <laughs> it's terrible. Exactly, it's just because Palace was just so bad at the back. So you know that's the problem you have when you base things up one week because because mm-hmm. now you know Mounier is basically kind of like tanks both of our teams mm-hmm. what three weeks in a, in a row now. So. You know, but with a few other cheap options that are out there, like Sam Vokes, possibly because Burnley are doing well. If you want to upgrade, you could go to Chris Wood, who's called two and two now. I think it always makes it worse again when it's the Monday night fixture because you wait all weekend. <laughs> I think I've still <laughs> just got two player, points. Yeah, and you, it's the biggest anticlimax every single week. And I think a lot of people had that with Chicharito as well, didn't they? So although yeah. Super Sunday wasn't particularly super either. So. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> present company, you know, <laughs> you know, not not exactly a classic Super Sunday, but you know. That happens every now and then. They've got to give a bit of Sunday coverage very to teams true, like that rather than just... I actually thought it was quite refreshing to have, uh, I think, all of the last season's top six all in action on Saturday. Sometimes I, I, 
I miss that. Just like I think we had we had Arsenal at three o'clock, we had Chelsea at three o'clock, Man United was at half five. You know, it's just nice to have everybody on Saturday because, you know, if you if you want to sit down and watch proper match of the day on yeah, Saturday night, you need the big guns. You need the big guns every now and then. So that's probably why they had it that way around. But of course, not as strange as the other week when they had West Brom Stoke on live uh, at the same time Chelsea, as Chelsea yeah, Everton. So you know, hey. Whoever makes those decisions up the sky, it clearly is nuts because we wouldn't have done that. A <laughs> um, couple of other talking points that is, is worth looking at this week. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne has just, out of nowhere, just kind of trolled absolutely everybody. I'll leave this to you, team. It's just, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's coming in, mate. Yeah, I mean, of course, and when, you, when, you've, when you've had the week like that and you've done the forfeit, for Kevin De Bruyne to have done that to you, you must feel pretty emotional. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he looks at it, he's playing too, too far too deep, and then I think the company injuries changed their shape. It, it brought. Um, it brought Danilo into like a centre-back position and Fernandinho played deeper and it basically pushed De Bruyne forward. And, um, you know, I mean, as bad as Liverpool were, I mean, De Bruyne just... Come, I mean, for that price, he's, he was always going to deliver at some point. But yeah. I just think in order to get over it, you've got to think longer term. The, more, the longer he plays in that, in that deep position, it's a better decision. There's, there's going to be the odd week where he does deliver, but longer term, I don't think he's going to do that week in, week out. Yeah. So you've got to think it's still a good decision. It just hurts, doesn't it, when it happens yeah, straight away, initial, I think. Immediately to to, to <laughs> How assist. many points did you finish on this week? Because I don't think we actually said how many points we all finished on. But how I many was 38. Okay, see, so, would, so I was five ahead of you. So would De Bruyne, De Bruyne have... Would have made the difference. Yeah, already. De Bruyne would have given you the forfeit. Yeah. <laughs> De Bruyne so saved your bacon there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, you're right, Baron. I think the, the key thing is is that we can't really see that being something that happens every no. week because clearly, obviously, they've changed their shape based on an injury rather than what Pep wants because that's what he played the first three games. Yeah. I got a little bit of flack on Twitter because I mentioned in my advice article last week, get rid of De Bruyne. And to be honest, I think everybody was in agreement with it. It's just hindsight's a wonderful thing. And someone, I can't remember his name, came along and said, uh, oh, yeah, well, nice one, mate, on De Bruyne. And I just turned around and said, well... Who could have predicted that? Exactly. Especially Liverpool getting out of 10 then. Exactly. I mean... That. The, the, point, the point is everybody else clearly agreed with me because you can statistically prove it by the fact he was the most sold player that week exactly and how can we predict that Pep would change their shape for it was, only, it was only the most sold player because everyone had been reading your copy well exactly <laughs> so you're clearly leading everybody astray but um, other people who let's flip it around now someone who had started the season very well and has had some dodgy weeks mm. and has already got you know the knee jerk reaction mm. people ready to sell is Ahmed Hagazi. Mm. and the main reason that people are thinking of selling him it's because people who've entered at the beginning of the season, like me and Baron, could make a 0.2 million profit on him. Um, you know, would, would is he still, is he still four nine? He's still four nine. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those cases where how many fires have you got to put out? Which is the biggest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a few things I'd like to change in defence, but obviously with defence, you don't really want to be taking a hit. So yeah. um, I've made my mind up yet on Hagazi. I think, like you say, he may well be the priority because the others may not lose value, whereas he could. So yeah, I think. At the moment, you know, we're still sort of two or three days away from the deadline, aren't we? So um, I think he may well be my transfer out. There's a few decent options in defence. I've got half a million in the bank after taking De Bruyne at rally. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think sometimes it is an idiot reaction, isn't it? But you look at that West Brom team and you just think there's too much weighing against him at the moment. You've got mm. Evans is back. Yeah. You've got McCauley back. Uh, they dropped Brunt at the weekend in order to move Neom over to the left and put Dawson at right back. But after two matches without a clean sheet now, McCauley's getting closer. Hagazi was at fault for the one two weeks ago. Pulis prides himself on his defence, and you do think he could be chopped, and you could easily bring Brunt back in, push Neom to right back, and bring Dawson in alongside Evans. And, and also, also, and also sorry, he's also one that got hooked, isn't he? Before, I was going to say, 50, 56 clearly, what didn't play well at Brighton, so I think. 
he may well be my transfer. That's a strong yeah. indication that Kudus going to drop one. He does feel like it's coming, yeah. yeah. I suppose um, you've got Hagazi as well, haven't you, Jack? Well, I didn't but, have him from the start. But you didn't have him from the start. So in terms of the value for you, is it a different situation? Obviously, Baron can make 0.2 million profit and seven, combined, four, seven, it, yeah. combined with what he's got in the bank could upgrade elsewhere. Yeah. Because you've got him similar to what his current price is, would you be more inclined to keep him because you can't make that profit? Well, we'll, we'll touch on this in a bit, but I've used my wild card. Oh, yes, so course, we'll discuss yeah. that in a bit, but... So he has made. So if, if Jack had just told us that, there would have been like a massive reaction, but we already knew that. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I got too excited, so yeah. Yeah, I've already shared shared that with Baron and David. But yeah, I've used my wild card, so I, I don't think he's going to play. So okay, you might take a bit of a hit, a bit of a hit, but you, I think maybe possibly need to do that if you. Probably, priority has to be players that play. Yeah, that can only be the only thing you account for. Yeah, that no, is no, definitely true. And as you say, like he's clearly changing things a little bit because obviously he in the previous games he hadn't played five at the back. And then all of a sudden he's got three centre backs. Um, what well, Gibbs of three. course, I and mean, Gibbs is there, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. Gibbs. There's there's plenty there's plenty of things that could change, and as you say, you just you just don't really know. Um, I've I've written Watford down just because I don't know whether or not I'm going to go in for any Watford players at this point. I would like to know if you guys are interested in Watford just simply because they they have surprised everybody. Um, their next game is a tricky one because it's at home against Man City, but when you look at how cheap their options are, like Decoré is five point two. Um, then they've got Kiko Firmino's 4.5 in, in defence. Um, have, you, have you guys particularly looked at Watford yet? Uh, shall I go first? Because I know you've got a bit more to say than I have. Um, in a word, no, because I think they're a bit of a bandwagon, but you know, time will tell whether I'm wrong. But um, you are right, the price, the price points are there if you want to get budget options in. They've got a tough match at home to City, but then they've got attractive games against Swansea and West Brom. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Silver, and I, and I think overall, over the course of the season, Watford will be absolutely fine. Um, Firmini's got a bit of a, an injury doubt yes, um, yes, yes I've just seen but um, I was listening to Mark Southerns this morning he did his, his Monday Facebook Live and um, he, he backed Decoré you know, he said if you are looking at a player in that price point then he would back Decoré he thinks that holding midfielders in a silver team are not holding midfielders in any other team he thinks Chalabar and Decoré have and will get forward yeah um, as, we, as we've seen in a lot of their games Jack will probably uh, well again the, the thing for me is you talked about the price bracket and that's where Watford excel mm. in my opinion I think out of the teams that are in that sort of bracket of not in the top you know, five, six, seven, not in the bottom two, three, four, five yeah. they are going to have the best players for the cheapest value so again I'll talk a bit, a bit more about this in a minute when I talk about my wild card but even if you bring in some Watford players just to have as bench players that will play I don't think that's a bad option because yeah. I've had players up until now that have not been playing sat on my bench, which is going to do nothing for me. So, I think Watford can be playing some very attractive football at times. And I think mm. if you're if you're going to take a punt on one of the, the teams that aren't one of the favourites to go up or sorry to be in the top or near the bottom, then I think Watford are probably your safest bet. I think we're going to touch on it a little bit later. The great thing about Watford, of course, is they don't have any European football mm. Um, mm. because you know we'll talk about the seven teams who do um, a little bit later. And you know when you combine that price with the fact that they're going to have considerably less rotation makes him quite a decent prospect. I mean, going back to Higazi, I think that I will probably take him out, not this week, but the next, for Kiko Firmino, just um, uh, when he's perhaps maybe less of a doubt for injury. What, um, um, what, what position does Firmino play? Is he like a centre-back? Um, I must admit, off the top of my head, I, I, I don't I've got, know. I've, got, I've um, never heard of him. Yeah, no, he's, he's a new... I mean, that's the great thing about this Watford team, is what's taken everyone by surprise, is that a lot of these players, they're, they're so far from household names, it's ridiculous. But if you look, if you look back... They've got fixtures on the horizon. Though. If you look got, back at Firmino, Chelsea. I was going to say, he got one point in the first week, eight points in the second week, eight points in the third week, 11 points in the 
in the fourth week. So, you know, he's, he's certainly... Coutier, he's had 8-11. Eight, eight, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is very impressive. And I think, yeah, it's why I would do it next week is they've got an easier fixture than they do this week. And West, West Brom have West Ham at home. And I think so. Watford could be the team that surprised... I didn't think, OK, after the first four weeks, I didn't think this at the start of the season. But if Watford are the team that do surprise people... Obviously, at some point, their prices might start to rise, especially someone yes. who's getting 8, 8, 11. Well, it's a bit like Kapoor last year because he was very, very low oh, price. Such a bad one, and, and obviously, <laughs> and, and we, we, we definitely were players, uh, managers who didn't jump on him, but he just soared in price so quickly, but he kept scoring. If we could, if we could not mention a kaka, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about what for players from last season. Stefano Ajaka, should we say. <laughs> um, and then another, another point worth talking about is, is obviously Arsenal have ran away with it against Bournemouth. We none of us had really looked at Arsenal before. I this week did because of Bournemouth. I picked Meza Ozil. He didn't do anything other than get get a clean sheet. But we have said before their fixtures do get um, Chelsea next week aside. Their fixtures do look quite good. Are you guys looking at Arsenal players? We, we spoke about this just before we came to record, didn't we? Yes. And I think when Arsenal play great, they play some of the best football in the Premier League. When they're playing poor, they play with some of the worst football. <laughs> you just don't know which Arsenal. As cliche as it sounds, you don't know which Arsenal going to turn up. And I've. I, I, do, I wouldn't say you can draw too much into the result against Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth are playing quite below par at the moment. They're not, they haven't seemed to gel like they did last year at all. Um, so I, I would say for that result, it was more Bournemouth having a bad day than Arsenal having a good day, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I mean, I, as I said to you, Dave, I mean, I did. I was I was obviously looking to get De Bruyne out and um, it's hard to ignore Arsenal's fixtures, especially before the Bournemouth game. And um, Urza was certainly one that I looked at. Um, but um, I just didn't think his past form had done enough and obviously Arsenal were coming off the back of the Liverpool result and I just thought it was mm. too much of a risk there for his um, for his price and I mean again they win 3-0 and he did nothing didn't they I mean, yeah, that's exactly. got to be so frustrating I mean it's, it's like with Ali at Spurs they win 3-0 and he did nothing so <laughs> I think um, I, I still think there's too many there's too many risks in that Arsenal team he just he's changing it so much people yeah. are jumping on Welbeck he's not going to play no. you've got Ozil, Sanchez and Lacazette when everyone's fully fit and happy I mean yeah. the fact Sanchez didn't start must have killed some people against Bournemouth he was captured by a lot of people so um, yeah I mean certainly not at the moment I mean I, I agree after Chelsea their fixtures do look very very tasty who, who have they got but, um, in the coming fixtures I will read them out now so they've got Chelsea away then they're at home to West Brom at home to Brighton away at Watford Away at Everton and home to Swansea, so there's, there's points to be had. But, the thing, um, the thing is, as well, sorry, Arsenal just aren't a team that you can ever be. I know you can't be guaranteed for any clean sheets anywhere, but Arsenal in particular, you're always at risk. Although I know Klasnic did. I uh, think Klasnic is all right, isn't he? For six million, yeah. but it's still expensive for an Arsenal yes. player that may not get you clean sheets. I think Lacazette is. If I had, if I had a gun to my head to pick an Arsenal player, it would be Lacazette. But yeah. at that price point, you've got to go Jesus. But again, where do you, yeah. where do you fit that in? There's a lot of people have Lukaku and Kane. Oh, exactly. Yeah, 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 so at that price point, he's, he's fifth or sixth choice. Yeah, exactly. But that's if you had to pick an Arsenal yeah. player. Yeah, I mean, that's the tricky thing. I would I would personally much rather stick with Kane and Lukaku because I feel like oh, yeah. they are in more consistently well-performing teams. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's actually why I went for Ozil because um, Mark Sutherland, who we love mentioning, was actually asked that question last week on his uh, on his FPL Live and, and it was a case of which Arsenal player should I go for? Should I go for Ozil? And he said... Um, I guess if you're looking for a midfielder, but if you're looking for anyone, go Lacazette. But he, he backs Lacazette's captain. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and obviously he got six points, which is you know pretty solid. You know, it's, it's not special. It's nice, it's, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what Lukaku got, who's the most captain player, got six points as well. The insurance pick, shall we say? Because Arsenal are so bad when they're bad. If you're watching the game live and knowing they're your fancy players, it can drive <laughs> you insane. Watch for the prices you start cheating them. Yeah. Exactly. The risk for, for how inconsistent they are. Yeah. Especially on Blake, it's just not worth it, is it? One last player that I, I think we should just mention from last week is possibly a flash in the pan, but uh, is uh, Eric Maxim Chupo Moting, who's just out of nowhere. 
scored two goals against Man United. And I discovered this morning, on close inspection, he's a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Fact that I looked him five up. Five and a half million. Five and a half this million. this year's Joe Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much. Or never know, he could be the next Hesse, you know. Comes in for well, one week, one week and everybody was jumping on him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally myself, I'm I'm probably not probably not going to jump on him. I'm guessing neither of you. I mean, I, I feel like the most likely two in this room is probably you, Jack, because you played your wild card and because you're a bit of a gut man. Have you looked at him at all? Well, I did look at him just to see who he was because I, I, <laughs> I we took it on to you. I've not heard of the guy, so I didn't know every. I assumed after seeing two two, I was that striker. You know, you looked up and I was quite surprised at yourself. Well, he does he does he does play up front. But so. I, I, I just I, I don't know. I think. I, I, Stoke are one of the teams that I'm not so sure about at the moment mm. they've been quite inconsistent going forward they've got some very good players if we judge it on paper but I, I, Mark Hughes' teams just always seem to drift off after a while as well so yeah. I, I don't know I just don't have the faith in Mark Hughes or Stoke to pick any of their players I don't think I actually had them to go down at the beginning of the season I don't know if I'm going to change that yet um, I know what you mean like they, they can start semi-positively but you just know there's going to be a run of what 10 games where they've got like three goals and don't win etc that's the thing I just think again there's there's <clears throat> for, for the price bracket again there's some players in there that play for much more attacking teams as well mm-hmm. who you know might get you the, the old goal here and there but again it's so hard for some people to not jump on bandwagons and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure he will be brought in by a lot of people this week he's yeah. a bandwagon yeah absolutely I mean I think it's because it's against United it means that more people watching the game people think because he scored against United it's quite against everybody but we know that's not true because they were his first two goals for Stoke and they've played some pretty naff teams but again, so far. Look, at, look, at, look at Munier for Huddersfield it was exactly yeah. the same you know yeah. you, you can't judge it on one week I mean I've not seen the goals that he scored uh, but yeah, I just defending to be fair. I mean, the, the goals weren't well defended. I mean, for the first goal that Chubamoti uh, scored, Damian was at left back and did a Gary Miller, shall we say, and was just in the wrong area of the pitch and just left the winger completely uncovered. And uh, yeah, so you know, you could say that's a bit of poor marking. Uncharacteristic the second one. Yeah, exactly. So you know, defensive errors. Maybe that's what's called the goals. I would never ever bring a player in based on defensive error of a different team. That if you pick a team based on names, you'd be in there. <laughs> what well, for, for longest, best, or just most memorable? Entertaining. Yeah, I, I also do actually remember him at the World Cup for Cameroon, and uh, like most of his Cameroon teammates, he was pretty dreadful. So you know, uh, Cameroon was terrible <laughs> last World Cup. Weren't they? they were really bad. I mean, just when it couldn't get any worse, I seem to remember they just got like two players sent off in their last game. It's like they were throwing matches on purpose. It, it really was. So. Check their betting history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we won't be going for true promoting then. That's no, no surprise at all. Um, we move on next to our one of our favourite sections of the podcast, but it is tainted with sadness this week. So, but we, but we're still we're still going to do our little sound because it's because we like to pretend that we we have cool sounds on the podcast. <laughs> so, Mbemba Mbemba, your fifth defender. There we go. Uh, so the sad news is this week is that because we we do already know this, everybody else knows it, but we just haven't really acknowledged it on the podcast is that he is actually out for probably a very very long time. Um, it was initially worried that his well, injury... The game, the game is saying expected back the 16th. Yeah, yeah. I think Paco has said that it's not going to be as long as uh, his country was saying. That's so right, I think yeah. it will be several weeks, yeah. Yeah, so not really that much to bring you about on member this week other than the fact that he uh, tweeted nothing this week. Um, I think it's the fact that he missed out on that that, that result. You know, he, he, he didn't play at left-back, but Jesus Hanez yeah. played left-back and got two bonus points. So, yeah. So you, also, you imagine if a member had played, you yeah. never know what you could have got. Remember, did score a goal in that same game we got injured, yes. didn't they? So it, 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 <laughs> it, it was a horrible night the night we found that out, mainly because it was so bittersweet. It was a case of, you know, we'd just seen that a member scored from a corner. Oh, absolute scenes in our respective Four. living rooms. And then, yeah, about an hour later, yeah, he's, he's gone off and. 
could be injured for up to three months. But so. I think because we have to rename it and then, and then be your injured defender, yeah. have a different sound effect. Like maybe a, a leg Some... break or something. But I'm sure I can find one on my soundboard. <laughs> or I could just, you know, record my just, own. It's just so horribly <laughs> ironic that we start a feature with a player and then he goes and gets injured for several weeks the uh, following week. We can... Should we start one for Harry Kane? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. no, 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 no. not enough cool status, though. <laughs> Who have you got in your team and we'll start one for them? I do think there are any uh, defenders that are active with four, for four million now, are there? No, that, that obviously means that you know, that sort of little caveat has gone away. Although, of course, we, you know, if you're looking for someone who's worth four million in anywhere at the team, you still have Rob Elliott, who obviously would capitalise on it uh, in a similar level on any kind of Newcastle. Is, is there any predictions that his price will go up? Yes, surely. Like, surely. It's I've been, I've been obviously uh, doing the usual uh, monitoring fantasy football fix on who they think will go up in price this weekend. Yes, they think he will go up in price tonight. Can, um, I, can I do an eyes emoji? Jesus Hamez is four million. He's four million, isn't yeah, he? He's uh, four flat, so keep an eye on that. Lejeune will come back, I think. So just, just keep an eye on that. Next Hamez. week, so, so it's Jesus Gamez. Instead of yeah. a member, member of your fifth defender, we'll do Jesus Gamez superstar, something like that. Yeah? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll come up with a name and a yeah, sound we'll, effect. We'll, we'll come up with a name and a sound effect. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So, you know, <laughs> keep, keep your eyes, or keep your ears. Uh, to the ground Open. on that one, yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end of uh, Mbemba, your injured defender for this week. Um, we, talk, we, we said we talked about Champions League and the Europa League, so obviously that is back. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, some of these Premier League teams will have played on Tuesday. That's when we're recording. Or on Thursday, even. And, and some, yeah, if you're listening on Thursday, then some yeah, of the Wednesday teams will have played. So Champions League is back. My question to, to you guys, we'll start with you, Jack, is... Has that influenced you in any way? And are you now sort of worried? Oh, should I play my wild card in the first week of Champions League? I can, I can give a I can give a really simple answer. To this is, is no, because you get yourself in such a you work yourself up so yeah. much <laughs> trying to predict what people are going to do, and every time you predict it, the player you think will be dropped doesn't get dropped, and they all score a goal, and you think why did I drop him? The players you do you, you drop, the players don't drop, and it just works like that constantly. You can wrap yourself up in too much of a concern to do that. The good thing about playing the wild cards I have is if anyone does get injured, that they can still true. make changes up until the Friday night. That's a good point. So, so I wasn't worried about using my wild card before that. I didn't take Europa League or Champions League into, into account whatsoever because, like I said, it could just do, do your brain injury. Mm. Um, what about you, Baron? Is it something that's you're worried uh, about? I think Jack's right. I think you don't want to put too much on your plate when you're thinking about sort of what you actually want to consider. I am quite concerned about Mkhitaryan and Salah. I'm kind of hoping neither of them play in their Champions League games, which is wishful thinking. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned they may get impacted at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, for me, my, my big worry is now when do I, when I do my transfers? Because obviously I would have asked that question to you, Baron, but I know you do yours religiously Friday night. Yeah. Um, Jack does them religiously. Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night. <laughs> from the, well, you deployed your wildcard before game before it even ended. So, you know, that shows... Whereas I like to try and... Gut man. Well, that is true. I, I like to try and... I, I don't have a set day. It's all dependent on what I think the track... Or rather, what fantasy football Can, can I just quickly point out, for the head of the last game, you made yours before me. So, you, you, I think you made yours yeah. the day early. Oh, that is true. Before, but, before I, but like I said, for, for me, it depends on the market rather than, you know, my gut feeling. But the point is, with the Champions League, I'm now obviously... And the Europa League, I'm now more inclined to do my transfers later, later in the week because you don't want to bring in someone who's going to play... On Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you, on either you of those days, a lot from the Champions League games. If there's a big name that misses out on the Champions League match, you can almost be assured they're going to play the prank. Yeah, it, it's just a little bit of extra information. So I mean, it, when I say it, I don't know, it, it's all about being situational. I mean, we, we've touched um, before on on people who aren't playing in the Champions League. Are there? Is that something you're looking to do? Because obviously the problem is the teams who play in the Champions League are generally the better teams to invest. This is this is the thing. It's it's one of the the hazards of bringing in 
good players. You know, the best players are going to be playing European football, and that's yeah. just something you have to deal with because most people's teams will be more filled with teams from the top half and the lower half. You know, that's just the way it is. So you can't replace everyone every time as a Champions yeah. League fixture. No, that's true. So the importance of an active bench. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, there's very limited. There's very limited things you can do when you've got a team, you know, sprinkled with Champions League and Europa League players. I think the key thing that what you've got to do is you've got to make sure that your people who are in the price bracket between let's say four or five in defence to about six five in midfield you, I think you've got to make sure that those are players from um, the bracket that we've already mentioned between 7th and 15th something like that teams like Watford teams like West Brom um, I would say Southampton but not at the moment but you know sort of in that kind mm. of um, bracket uh, you, I see a lot of people um, a lot of people uh, when they ask me for a bit of fantasy Premier League advice they show me their team and they've got like Matic in there or they've got Kante at that sort of price and I just think well at that sort of price, you could get someone who's more offensively important to a mid-table team. And now that European football has come along, there's a, I would say there's even more of an onus on you to get those type of players. Like, for example, Robbie Brady's in my team because a winger at Burnley is going gonna, is gonna to finish the season probably with more FPL points than a defensive midfielder at Man United yes. or Chelsea. And, you know. The only other thing I would, would add is the only thing that... I- you know, I said I, my, my team has no bearing on the Champions League. That's not true. My captain, who I choose as captain, which I'll decide after the, all the European games, sorry, Europe, European games are done, will be decided on Friday. Because I think, again, as Baron said, if a big player is left out and he's not injured, then that gives you more chance of captaining him than him playing the 90 minutes of the, in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Now, you've mentioned your wildcard. I have. And so then you did promise us, and, and we, we said yes, even though we're not that interested. No, I am interested. I am interested. Jack, you are going to explain why you have wildcarded because we have kind of generally encouraged people not to play their wildcard yet, game week six at the earliest. You've played for game week five. Yeah. Would you like to tell us why? Well, it might, it might scare you a bit, because I, I think it's quite logical, which is not normally Whoa. what I go with. Um, I'll just, just point out that my overexcitement for my brand new team means I've already shown David Umber my full team. <laughs> because I couldn't oh, you shared David. David I showed David today, I couldn't help it. I said no at first, but then I gave in. I, it lasted I, about 10 seconds. And I remember saying in the first podcast, um, you, you know when you get that, you, you first put your team together, you think this is the team's unstoppable. And I have that feeling again. I feel like this is the team, but I say that every time. <laughs> okay, so quickly, the reason I played it, there's two main reasons. Firstly, I had far too much money. Well, not far too much, but I had too much money in my defence. Oh, in, okay. Um, and I'm glad I, it ended like that rather than just, <laughs> I had too much money. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I had far too much money in my defence. So it was twenty four point six million in total I had in my in my defence, and I've reduced that to twenty three point two million. So that's a difference of one point four. But again, out of the new value, zero point five of that was spent because I had that left in the bank. So it was even less than that. And that extra one point six million can get you a much better player midfield. You know that bracket mm-hmm. from eight to nine point five, nine point six can really make a difference. So that was that was one of the reasons because you can't you can't foresee when they're going to be clean sheets you just cannot do it mm. okay you, you can make you can make sort of uh, guesses with with some knowledge from previous results and, and form and whatnot but you can't you can't know for sure I mean, West so that's Brom the reason I've got the cheaper defenders West Brom and Southampton are two classic examples of why you can't do that yes, at the moment yeah. because they're typically well drilled teams and they've been really poor and, and Manu would be fantastic at the back I would not expect them to concede two goals to Stoke so yeah. so that that's the reason behind that and also I've, I've spoken about this a few, a few, a few times before my bench just aren't playing again, and 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 every week there's there's a transfer I want to make in my first team, which means my bench that aren't playing and never getting a, mm. never getting changed. So I had Milivojevic, Hunemeyer, and Holgate. Just about pronounced Milivojevic. Just, just about right. I was practicing. We before. were yeah, we were trying to do that in rapper's accent. <laughs> I can't do accents, so I'll, I'll pass on that as well. But you can do an English one. 
Barely. <laughs> I'm, I'm promoting. So I got so, so yeah. So all three of those players got no points, and they've they've hardly played at all this season. So I had to get rid of them. So when I bear in mind, I had I had to get rid of quite a few defenders that were not keeping clean sheets and costing too much, and mix up the cheap defenders that weren't playing at all. It made more sense to me to rather than take a four points hit each week to just to, to just wipe it across the board. So. That is what I've done. I've made, I think, nine new signings. So, uh, wow. Which I'm quite, which I'm quite happy with, and I got rid of Munier as well. Which yeah, which is definitely what I'm doing. I'm delighted with. I will admit, looking at your forward line, if in, in isolation alone, is quite scary. If you're the, prepared again, to reveal that again, on the podcast again, putting more money into your your forward and your attackers, I think outweighs any possible defensive. Because I'm never going to get Alonso. Seven point one million or yeah. whatever he is is far too expensive. Um, well, well, yeah. I already had Lukaku and Jesus. That's the other thing I wanted to point out. Actually, I've not brought Kane in, which I think surprised, yeah, I'm very surprised yeah, you. Yeah, surprised me. Yeah. The reason behind that again is because I've got Lukaku and Jesus, and I've brought in Morata, which I don't mind revealing. Um, so those three up front, hopefully, will outweigh the goals. I've, I spoke to Baron at the weekend about Kane. I said the one thing that's making me okay that Kane's doing well is that my strikers are doing well as well. Yeah. If Jesus stops performing and Kane keeps going, then it's going to hurt. But with three expensive attackers, all I have to do is make two changes and I could probably afford to get Kane in. So, yeah, so there is a contingency plan there as well, which you might be, again, surprised to hear. I'm, I'm shocked, Jack. Your wildcard decision is largely based on more than just like body organs. But it won't, the colour of their shirts. But, yeah. but, it won't, but, but it won't be a shock to know that I'm the first one out of the three of us to use it yet. Yeah, I mean, that's not a shock. But again, yeah. this is, I normally use it after two or three weeks, so it's quite good for me. Yeah, I mean, I think between me and Baron, we'll probably have used it within the next month, would you suggest? So we might not be that far behind you. And again, the other reason I've used it is because I've only done the forfeit once, but I'm barely catching ground, so I'm doing average on most weeks, and yeah. which is there's no good. You've done the palace, haven't you? You've reacted early. <laughs> you've you've, you've, you've got rid of the squad early yeah. in order to sort of uh, stem your losses. I won't be, I won't be bringing Roy Hodgson to pick my team. That, that would be kind of funny if we sacked you and brought Roy Hodgson in to do the podcast. He'd probably fall asleep. <laughs> he probably would, yeah. Get, oh, get. That, that's your next forfeit. <laughs> Before we finish then, we're going to have a look at some serious questions. Um, we haven't really got time for the, the question box of doom, I do apologise. And, you know, asking questions that have nothing to do with football in the end, so, you know. Um, sure people want to know what we do around the house. Well, well, you know, but they already know now. They already know that you like to clean the dishes or whatever. Um, so we're going to start with a question for you, Baron, uh, from someone called Plyer Benson, who says... When, if at all, is the optimal time to go against the TSB consensus? That's to say, is there a point during the season when gambles need to be taken? I've chosen you because we know you like the TSB. Yeah, that's a, that's a good Especially one, at the beginning of the season. Mm. When do you yeah. wander away from that even just a little yeah, bit? This was the first time I really paid attention to it at the start of the season. It's, it's just something I look at just to get an idea of maybe for a captain perhaps. I mean, I think until the stats settle down and we get into the meat of the season and there's a bit more... There's a few more numbers to rely on for picking your captain. I look at the TSB and think, well, obviously Lukaku is the most elected player who's going to be most elected captain. Just cover that base because if he scores three or four against Stoke and you haven't captained him, you, you know, I could have been 30 or 40 points behind Dave. So I think um, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I don't think I really rely on it much over the course of the season. Moving forward now, I look more and more at the FDR, which is the difficulty ranking and players' fluctuating form. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for somebody who does use it is there an optimum time I don't think so I mean I think it, it depends how you're doing in your mini leagues I mean if you're, if you're losing ground then clearly you need to start taking some risks in order to catch up because clearly the players if you start following TSB all you're going to do is match your rivals you need to start picking the, the players who are lesser selected in order to, to make ground so it's all relative really it's down to where you are in your mini league I mean like Jack just alluded to that he's already unhappy with how far behind it looks like he is so he's reacted quickly I think you might you maybe get away with two or three more weeks if you do keep slipping and then you've still got time to turn it around but um, certainly earlier rather than later if you're going to start taking differentials yeah I think 
the key thing is, and what, we, what we've discussed before, because we quite like TSB, is it's, it's a handy guide at the beginning of the season because there is no nothing else to game data. Yeah. Now we have better game data. I, I'm now looking more at things like efforts in the box, how often they're in the box, where they, where players are getting the ball. Things like that, for me, is more important than necessarily what other people have got. Because as we've kind of discovered in the past, the large majority of people make... Really weird decision. Snodgrass was one of the most selected midfielders <laughs> yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah, and look where he is now, now in the championship. The sad yeah. thing is, though, is if, if you pick a player that no, no one else has and he starts to do well, is you know everyone's going to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. So you, yeah. you only have him, you know, as a David back Costa last year, didn't you? Yeah, so I had Costa uh, maybe three or four weeks before everyone else started having But I, I, I mean, equally this season, I've got Ben Davis when a lot of people don't have Ben Davis. And it, like you say, it's frustrating when everyone else starts to get him, but the advantage you have is mm. you've already had him, so you can then find rise. some. You you get a bit more money, but you also have the ability in terms of your transfer um, sort of allocation to get someone else. The thing so, is, you're talking to someone that's normally at the top of the table. When you're trying to catch up, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe you're right there. Um, <laughs> go on then, Joe. We've got a question for you. Um, Ian White says Jamie Vardy scored against top six op- top, top six opposition again this week. Should he be the go-to differential up front? See, I've been asked about him before one of these questions, and I said I don't think he'd have a good season. I thought he was a sort of flash in the pan. He keeps proving me wrong. Yeah. He, how much is he worth? I, 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 He's uh, eight five. I can, he I was eight six, but he dropped down. It's, it's, it's hard to answer these questions in one way because it depends on what your team is and where your money lies and who your other strikers are. But I, Leicester, are, they haven't got many points, but they're scoring goals mm. and they're creating chances. And I think they've got a good they've got a good midfield system as well. Who when they're on top of the game, putting decent crosses, which again is good for for any attacker. So. What's the question? So <laughs> is, he the so differential? is he the go-to differential for you? The go-to? I, I mean, I don't know how much ownership he has, but... He, he, 10.9%. See, that, that, is, that is very low. I, I, and Yeah, I think he, he's a hit between me and Chikorito, because I know Chikorito didn't do particularly well yesterday. My, my, count, my counter suggestion would be Aguero. Yeah. If you want to spend money on attack on somebody that's not then how much, selected. How much is he? He's well, he's open four. So, I mean, if, if money's no objects, yeah. and you're, you're, you're looking for a differential. So... In that case, you'd, you'd clearly have to you know, sell Lukaku mm. or Kane to get Aguero in. But if, if you want a differential, that's what you've got to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you're on Aguero because he's obviously selected less this year because yes. of his um, selection was it, uh, doubt. Was it you that t- tweeted something out? He scored a goal, got an assist, and his price went down? Yeah, that's right. His price has gone down this week, weirdly, despite the fact that he started, which people thought he wouldn't do. Mm. Uh, he scored a goal, he got an assist, and he's gone down in price. Um, it's worth pointing out, I am on the case. I'm trying to work out why these price changes are really weird this year. A lot of people will have noticed that players will be rising in price a lot less often than they used to, and falling in price a lot more often and a lot more uh, ruthlessly, should we say, than before. Um, I'm trying to track that down with Fantasy Football Fix. We're all now teams worth about 50 million. Um, yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, I mean uh, it's, a hand, it's a handy thing to look at, because yes. it doesn't mean that I've, I've got a slightly better value for... For trading into the transfer market, but yeah, the Aguero price thing is, is very strange. I mean, if if you're looking to get Aguero, he's just gone down in price this week, and you know maybe keep an eye on the Champions League. Yeah, but it's certainly worth having on your radar. Yeah, absolutely right. City, I think City is going to be the Champions League stuff is going to be most helpful for City's team yeah. because it will just give you such an inkling into what Pep's thinking, and their fixtures aren't bad. Looking at them, I mean, they've got the five of their next six are two on the FDR. I mean, that just means goals. And they can score five against, admittedly, Liverpool aren't good at the back, but another top six team, let's say. So, you know, they can score that many against anybody else. And speaking of that game, final question uh, from Abdul Wahab Ahmed, who says, who is the best replacement for Sadio Mane, who, of course, was obviously um, high-kicked off the pitch and out of most people's teams after this week, after getting sent off? 
And I actually think this is quite an easy question, and you guys will probably all have a lot of uh, answers for this one, but there's, there's so many people in the sort of eight to nine bracket who can offer this, a similar sort of potential to him, Paul Pogba, for example. Um, you know, if you want to stay with Liverpool and you haven't got um, Mohamed Salah, then I would say go for him. Um, you know, again, if if you want to wait for Chelsea's um, game against Arsenal to pass, you could maybe then look at Mesut Özil, who obviously is the same price. Um, there's, there's there's lots of options out there. Mkhitaryan again is another. The one player he's a, he might be a little bit more expensive, but if you can afford it, Eriksson again. He's only 0.2 million. Yeah. So yeah. so their next their next four fixtures are Swansea at home, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, Bournemouth. I think probably the size as well, so especially Eriksen. if you have got Kane. Yeah, Eriksson, Eriksson or Ali. With yeah. some good fixtures coming up. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I don't do that because he's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you heard it here first. Don't do what he did. Has he survived to our guard? Yes, he has. Yeah. I would, yeah. so I would he thought got, he'd be the one of the few that did. I would, I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, he did, he did, and Salah did as well. After even after his disappointing week, because that was out of his control. Really. That'd be yeah. interesting if Salah plays or doesn't play at Liverpool. That might sway your thinking this week. Yeah. Salah. Yeah. I suppose the key thing is with Mane is he's almost definitely going to play in the Champions League because he can't play in the Premier League. Yes, very um, true. So you know, maybe Salah. Maybe that will. I mean, could get pulled. Coutinho coming back. I mean, that that, yeah. that throws something else he's, in the mix, doesn't it? I think he's eight eight at the moment. So you know, obviously cheaper than Salah. And if he were to come back and return to his best and play, they just just you'd hate some managers. Like you see Liverpool home to Burnley, and you yeah. think, right, that is a banker. And, <laughs> but then because the manager sees it as such an easy fixture, they'll rest one of their best oh. players, thinking that say Ings or Sturridge would mm. do the job without the need to, to risk Salah et al. And you just think, no, <laughs> play your best player so I can reap my rewards. <laughs> Well, he did that with Salah game week two, didn't he? Oh, like, everybody... God. I mean, I already had him. And him. We can reveal that Plymouth Argyle manager Derek Adams also signed Mohamed Salah for his, for his fancy Premier League team for game week two, captained him, and then whilst he was picking his team for the South End game, discovered that Salah was on the bench. So not even just the everyday person was done in by that, even real football managers were getting done in by that. Um, Do they not realise fancy football <laughs> points at stake? Yeah, exactly. I mean... It is just horrible, isn't it? I mean, Klopp, it could be the new pet this year, especially with the options he's got. I always look forward to the. the, the we have a little group, don't we, on Facebook? We yes. will message him, and there's always one of us that will, will damn a, a manager for not picking oh, one of it, their players. It's normally one of those two, isn't it? Klep. Uh, Klep. Let's call them Klep. Let's call those two Klep. Klep and Pop. Yeah, the bromance. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, right, that brings us uh, to the end of this week's podcast. As uh, per usual, we'll have all the stuff on the website in terms of who to pick for game week five, who to make your captain. Uh, like I said, endeavouring to try and find out why price rises have changed this year. So if you're really interested in that, then keep an eye out for that. Um, Jack, would you like to do your weekly plug for let's have some forfeit uh, ideas? Well, I've got I've I've told Baron what your next forfeit's going to be. Oh, I've already got that plan. So um, if it's for you, then I, I don't need any help. But yeah, no, funny when we now get to like April and Dave doesn't have one. <laughs> that, 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 would that would depress me greatly. I, I, I've got no problem with that happening. Not a lot of pressure on me next week with my wild card. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if I'm bottom half next week. I might not come in. I might. Be... <laughs> yeah, I might have to replace you with someone else. With Roy Hudson? Member, he's not doing much. <laughs> Just keep bringing Member in, he's not doing anything, is it? Brilliant. Right, well, we'll see you next week. Ik wilde alle, alle nieuwste telefoon. Niet omdat het moet. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check Tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet.